It's the Christmas season. It's that time of year when you unbury all the decorations from the attic in the garage. You put up the Christmas tree. You find that missing stocking with the reindeer on it. You clean out the gutters so that you can string up the lights before it snows or you're the last dark house on the block. Kids have road games, early practices, that huge history project, and final tests to study for, along with five different Christmas parties and your son's extra holiday hours at his part-time job. When can you start driving again? Don't forget to write down the dates and times for the performances and the rehearsals of the programs at church, at school, and at the senior center where they want you to come dressed up as an elf. In tights. Then there's the shopping. Your son wants a new gaming system that can read his mind. Your daughter wants a doll that you're going to have to make payments on. Your sister's emailed you three times asking what you want for Christmas and why you haven't just gotten an Amazon wish list set up already. Your spouse thinks maybe the two of you should just get each other a new furnace for Christmas or maybe just donate all the gift money to orphans in Cambodia. And then there's the secret Santa thing at work. What's a white elephant gift again, anyway? The school sent home a note saying half the kids have strep. Your spouse came home with a box of double extra-strength cough medicine and a case of Kleenex boxes. You're pretty sure there was something wrong with that last piece of fruitcake you just ate. And your daughter's so stuffy, she looks and sounds just like Rudolph. Christmas is at your parents' house this year, and at your spouse's brother's place down south, and at your aunt's place on the lake. If the weather's nice and your kids sleep in the car, you might just make it to all three. And you should make sure that you stop in at the office party for at least a little while. Also, your friends are in town, so could you set aside a night of the week to do a special Christmas just with them? Oh, and can we do it at your house? Your boss needs you to make sure you get that project done before Christmas, even though he's going to be out of town until January, and you have to cover for your coworker who spends every Christmas in Hawaii. Also, none of your contractors will answer the phone after December 15th. Plus, you need to make that green bean dish you're so good at for Christmas dinner, and that peppermint dessert all the kids love for the other Christmas dinner, and something gluten-free for Uncle Dale, and a backup ham just in case your mom's stove blinks out again. Also, there's cookies and carols at the church on Saturday afternoon. Everybody bring two dozen. Oh, and don't forget, Jesus is the reason for the season. Merry Christmas. Well, welcome to the holidays, right? Anyone, anyone kind of right here in their stress level and feel it rising? All right, well, let me get you there. Let me get you there. Hey, get out your calendars, right? Yeah, the one you haven't updated yet. Yeah, that one, right? Get them out. How many people here have already been to a Christmas party yet? How many people have two more to go, three more to go, four more to go, <laughs> all right? How about Christmas gifts, all right? Who here buys for everyone at your work and in your family, right? I buy for and on your work. neighborhood, I want to live on your neighborhood, right? Who here has all their Christmas shopping done? All of it? All of it. All right, raise your hands nice and high. These are the ones you're going to forward your list to uh, before you go tonight. Hey, uh, uh, the, the heart of the season was never meant to be a season that washed over you in busyness. And I know that we are a victim of our society, and I'm not telling you to give up Christmas. I'm not telling you to become the Scrooge just because you're tired. But I am offering, and I think the heart of tonight is to offer you just a glance, an opportunity to do something that maybe you won't get a chance to do. And here's what it is. You're going to do it with me. We're going to breathe. Okay? Can we do that for a second? Can we breathe and just take a moment, like, like 30 seconds of quiet? How about it? You want to try it? All right, breathe with me. Breathe in and out. And just 30 seconds of quiet. Okay, I don't know if that was 30 seconds, but that was way too long for me. <laughs> I'm ready to get right back at it, right? Here, let me offer you just one little kind of, kind of framed verse for tonight. Uh, Paul encourages his church in Philippi not to be anxious about anything. 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 But in every situation, to make your requests known to God with thanksgiving. So that thing that's weighing you down, that thing that you're worried about, Maybe a hundred things. All of those things, package them up, even tie them with a bow. And for tonight, 
set them aside. For tonight, offer them to God. Make your requests known to God. If you're anxious about the gifts, if you're anxious about the money, if you're anxious about the time, you're anxious about the schedule, you're anxious about the parties, you're anxious about just getting everything done. Maybe you're even anxious because you feel guilty about spending time with God. Where does that fit in? I don't have time for even that. Package it up, tie it with a bow, set it aside for tonight, and make your request known to God, who hears your prayers, who loves you more than you can understand. And to be honest, that's what the season is about. It's about knowing his gift of love, Emmanuel, Christ with us. Father, we love you and we thank you. Come and speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. It was the scariest, um, most difficult, confusing, exciting, most wonderful day of my life. I mean, I mean, when you, when you realize that God is allowing you to be a father, I, I, don't, I don't know what to compare that to, you know. And then, on top of that, when, you, when, when it seems that he's deemed you fit to be the stepfather to his son, that's, that's overwhelming. Um, he's a... Uh, He's perfectly healthy, happy baby boy that um, came into the world, I guess, just like most every other kid, you know. Um, I, I get why they call it labor. <laughs> I, I mean, since I was 12, I've worked every day of my life, but I, I've never worked as hard as Mary worked that night. She was, she was amazing. And, and not just that night, I mean... Through all of it, through through the months of people talking about us behind our back and um, the week-long journey to Bethlehem, and then and then we get there, and she 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 takes an ordinary feeding trough and uh, and turns it into a cradle, and none of it seemed to phase her. She's amazing. You know what, through, through all of it, I never heard her once ask why. Why? You know, she just, she just did everything God asked her to do. And if she didn't understand why things happened, she knew God was in control. She just, she, she, she followed his will. I, I get, I get it. Man, I get why God chose her. I really do. What I don't understand is why he chose me. Hmm, powerful, right? I, I've often said that I think Joseph is maybe one of the most overlooked characters in the Christmas story. I think we pay more attention to the donkeys and the sheep than we do to him. And uh, when you stop to think about it, when the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, right? And he said uh, that the baby's name was to be what? I'm sorry, what? And who was to give him the name? Anybody know? Was anyone here on Sunday? And we talked about how when they dedicate the baby and uh, go through the circumcision ceremony, who gives the name? The father, right? The fa and, the, and I love that in the story, in, in uh, Luke and Matthew's story, it says that Joseph was to give him the name Jesus. And, of course, he was to raise him as his own, teach him 
Torah. I mean, the thing I love about Advent is that it gives me time to poke around in the corners of the Christmas story. And um, I hope you've had the time to do a little bit of that. We're going to do some of it here tonight. And as Shane said earlier, uh, our goal is to invite you in, not uh, force you to do anything that's going to add a burden to your Christmas season, right? It's an invitation. It's an opportunity. And it's an alarm that's going off. I don't know, okay? So if you have, well, I know you have a Bible because there's one in every pew. And I would like you to take that Bible and turn with me because we're going to read out loud together. And so you need to turn there. Isaiah chapter 9, it is on page 682 if you're using our pew Bible. Page 682, um, actually 683, is the prophet Isaiah. Are the lights up enough for you to read? Can you see it? We can, we can give you just a little more light. Or a whole lot more light. Whatever whatever we got. Give it to them. All right. Is that better? Got your glasses on? You can help me read this. And Isaiah is one of the Old Testament prophets that prophesies the coming of Messiah. And in Advent, as we feel Christmas getting closer and closer, you know, we kind of back up and come back toward the story, right? And so we back up into the Old Testament. We back up into the words of the prophets. And then through them, we make our approach to Christmas. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 is a famous verse. You've probably heard it a number of times. Would you read it out loud with me? Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now jump down to verse 6. You got it? Verse 6. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Keep going of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it from now and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There ends the reading. Um, he will reign on the throne of his father, David. So he's going to be a king, right? He's going to be the anointed one, the sent one, the child. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He is all this and more. So during this season, one of my goals is to live in such a way that there are moments, at least a few moments between now and Christmas Day, when I think, okay, I need a wonderful counselor. I need wisdom, direction. I need help making important decisions. Anybody? Anybody need help making important decisions? Anybody got kids? All right, all right. Anybody have parents? All right. Anybody have older parents? <laughs> Anybody uh, have stuff going on at work? Right? Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Anybody need God's strength in your life? You know, you face things that are bigger than you are. Mighty God. I need to remember that. I need to lean into that. I need to experience that as I get closer and closer to Christmas. And everlasting Father. You know, He's timeless. Right? He lives, he lives in eternity. He lives outside of time. He's everlasting. I mean, that'll make your brain hurt. You know, and that'll do your soul good to think about, don't we get trapped in the moment? Anybody listen to the news today? Uh, was it good? <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you the answer to that one, okay? And isn't it good to know that our Father in Heaven is above and beyond all of that? 
and he has a purpose and a plan, and he is working it out. And I've read the end of the book, and we win, okay? In Christ, he wins, and in him, we win. So he's everlasting father, and he's prince of peace. Man, does our world need that, right? Need him, need him. And we need him. Our family needs him. So I was thinking today about the first Christmas in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We had two little kids, uh, two and four years old. We just moved there. And a family in the church invited us over just a little bit before Christmas. And they gave us, they told us about their custom of baking a cake uh, that they would eat on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Eve, they gave us one. And I remember all the, did they give us that uh, house or did they bring it to the church? Do you remember? Don't remember. The Brimners brought us a bunt cake, okay? And they said, this is your Jesus birthday cake. And so we put candles on it. We sang happy birthday to Jesus. And our kids have done it for 30-some years, right? It's one of our favorite family things to do. And I was just thinking, that became a holy habit for us. Um, we bought a lot of years. We had an Advent wreath at home in addition to the one we had at the church. Sometimes it was just one candle that we kind of lit after dinner. We'd sing and pray. And did you know that the Christmas season is filled with symbols of Christ? And a lot of them people don't even know, don't even understand. Why do people have lights dangling on the eaves of their house? Because everybody else does, right? No, because Jesus is the light of the world. The reason that we put lights on trees, lights outside, we light candles, it's a spiritual symbol, whether we recognize it or not. So I like to drive around the neighborhood and kind of smirk a bit. I think, you know, whether they know it or not, they are celebrating Jesus this Christmas, right? And I love going to restaurants, especially fast food, McDonald's, you know, everybody's in there, and they're playing instrumental versions of Christmas hymns, right? They're playing Joy to the World. And I'm sitting there going through the lyrics in my mind. Let earth receive what? Let earth receive her king. They're singing that at McDonald's, you know. They're playing that at McDonald's, right? Uh, one of my favorite Christmas CDs came out a few years ago. is the Bare Naked Ladies. They're from Canada, and they wear clothes, and they're men. But anyway, uh, and they did a version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen that is just a kick. It is so much fun. And when they sing the line, uh, you know, sent, to save, sent Jesus to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. First of all, they're all Jewish, Okay. And, uh, and they're singing this lyric, and I'm thinking, every concert they ever do, they sing that line, and they may, I, I wish they believed it, okay? I wish they believed it, but I believe it. I know it's true. Poinsettias, uh, or poinsettias, or however you say it. Uh, why are they the Christmas flower? What color are they? What shape are they? Kind of a star. Uh, in, in Mexico, where they originally cultivated, they call them the star flower. They're chosen to be representatives of the, the star of Bethlehem. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. Now, here's the challenge. Look for them. Think about them. Slow down long enough to let them into your soul. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. We wait through the long black night. It can sink into our soul. We sit through the hard times and the dark times and the difficult times. We wait in what some have called the cosmic dark. Carl Sagan, remember him? You know who he is, the American astronomer and astrophysicist, he wrote, our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint, 
that help will come from anywhere else to save us from ourselves. No hint of help. No rumor of relief. No sign of saving. And then comes Christmas. And then comes Jesus, the light of the world. The great light that comes from God himself, pushing back the darkness. The light that the people living in the land of deep darkness could never create, but can only experience. Christmas can only be found. It cannot be bought or created or made by hand or dreamed up by human uh, ingenuity. It can only be found in the stable, in the mire and the muck and the unexpected. The light of Christ dawns. And it's our challenge to see the light, to let his light in. He has come to save us. Our God has come with infant fists and opened his hands to take the sharp iron edges of our sin. Because he came, we're saved. Saved from our forever pain. Because God pierced the dark and came to this pinpoint planet and took the nails, we have hope. We are saved. We are saved from our loneliness because God is love and he can't leave us by ourselves, to ourselves. This is the message of Christmas. For unto us, the child is born. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And it doesn't matter how dark the dark is. The light will still dawn. It doesn't matter if Hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Not a hint? Mm, Carl Sagan didn't get it right. There's much more than a hint. There is the light of Christ bursting into our world, and if we'll allow him, bursting into our own hearts and our own lives. When we believe Christmas, when we experience Christmas, when we live Christmas, the light dawns. When we get Christmas, Christmas gets us. So we light the Advent candles one at a time until Christmas Eve we get to light the Christ candles. And we put lights on our Christmas trees and we put lights on the yard and on the eve of our house because we get it. The light of the world has come has dawned, and he pushes back the darkness, and he changes everything. And this Christmas, starting here and starting now, may the light of Christ flood our lives, fill our lives, shine through our lives, and onto the life of somebody else. Amen? Amen. We're going to uh, watch another little video vignette, and the whole point of these is to just kind of let it sink in, you know, experience this word, this message in uh, kind of a dramatic form. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to take this home and how to practice it with your family and, and in your own life. So let's watch together. As long as I can remember, we'd been waiting for the Messiah to come for us. My family, our tribe, our whole nation. I always knew that he'd come. But, well, let's be honest, it's not like I'm from Jerusalem or someplace special. I'm just a girl from Nazareth. And everybody knows that not much good comes from Nazareth, never has. I thought for sure that Angel had come to the wrong house with his announcement. But if that's what God wanted, well, who was I to tell him he was wrong? And Joseph, well, God bless that wonderful man. He could have joined in with everybody else. He could have had me sent away. He could have even had me killed. But he just never broke the promise to marry me. 
And so when he had to go to Bethlehem for the census, I was honored to ride by his side. Even with heartburn and bloated cankles and nine months of pregnancy behind me. <laughs> you know those women who try different things to induce labor like going on frequent walks or eating spicy foods? What they should do is go on a bumpy 70 mile trip to Bethlehem not long after I got there and I'd never done this myself but even I know it was time and with every wave of pain I tried to ignore the fact that my family wouldn't be there to help me and that I'd be bringing this baby into the world without the familiarity of home But when Jesus finally came, I forgot all of that, though. I just wrapped him in cloths and tried to make the most comfortable bed I could for him with the only thing I had, which was an animal's feeding trough. Joseph said I should have been sleeping then, but I couldn't stop staring at him. angel had told me about. My heart was so full I couldn't even find words big enough to express it. I know I'm not the first young mother to bring a child into this world. It's always been that way. But as I look down at my son, my Redeemer. I knew that he would change everything because he'd already changed me. Let's pray. Jesus, in the quietness of this moment, we are just humbled, we are awed that you would come for us, that you would give yourself for us, all that you gave up in heaven, to be born as a baby, to, to grow up, to suffer and die, to take on our sins, Lord. In these moments of Advent, God, help us not to to miss it. Help us not to get caught up in the busyness, in the rush, and the checklists. But help us to remember what this season is all about, Lord. We're so grateful, God. In your name, amen.
talk a little bit about taking this home and experiencing it on your own or with uh, those you love over the holidays. So uh, what are we going to do first? Well, how about we give out some candy? Give out some candy. There we go. Cool. All uh, right. <clears throat> That'll make everybody glad they came. Yep. All right. Why don't we pass these out? Everyone take one. Um, and give this side turn. there. I'll let you guys just we'll pass, just pass them around the end and just keep it going. Uh-huh. What's your favorite, like, only at Christmas food snack? Buckeye. <laughs> well, okay, we'll kind of get over that one. All right. They are good, don't they? Aren't they good? All right. What else? What else do you have at your house that you don't have the rest of the year? Fruitcake, I heard that. Oh, yeah. Oreo, truffles. Oreo truffles. Beautiful. Oh. Okay. Anybody put an orange in the toe of your stocking? We do at our house. Now, why, why, did, why did that ever come about? Because oranges were hard to get back in the day. And the citrus was special. And everything we just mentioned has some special ingredient in it that's of some value. Um, and we're even going to do that with the, with the candy cane. Yep. So you're up. All right. All right. So basically what we wanted to do is just to give you some options and maybe some things that you can do to reflect on and not miss a moment. So what I want you to do is just is take your, uh, 
your candy cane and just look at it for a little bit. Now, as some of you have probably heard before that there are several different reasons why the candy cane exists. Um, you can turn it around and it kind of looks like a J and it's got red and white and you can make those own kind of spiritual significances. But one of the key things about it is it's shaped uh, peculiarly, right? I mean, this is represents what? Anyone know? Yeah, you guys are smart people. I don't need to tell you anything. You already know this. Well, think of this a little bit. Think of it for just a second about the shepherds because the shepherds play a key part in the story that we reflect on, don't they? And there were shepherds abiding their flock by night. Yeah, that, yeah. And what happened to the shepherds while they were just having an ordinary evening? An angel. The angel of the Lord. And the angel brought good news, right? Good, positive thing happening. Even though it was a little different and scary, God showed up through the message of something supernatural to bring a positive reason that they should pay attention. Later on, Jesus, who was born that night, called himself the Good Shepherd. In John chapter 10, he says that he is the Good Shepherd. And as a Good Shepherd, his sheep know his voice. And he recognizes his sheep. But then he says, I am the good shepherd. They know my voice and I know them, but there are also sheep that I don't know, that I don't have yet. And one of the neat things about the shepherd's staff, if you were a shepherd, you would know you'd use this staff in many different ways. And one of the ways that you would use it is you would see that wandering sheep, that sheep that just got to a place that wasn't supposed to go, and you would take the little end of it, and you would just grab and nudge that little sheep and pull it back. You'd hook it, almost like the bad act on stage. You'd hook it, pull it off, right? Is there someone this Christmas that you'd like them to get hooked? that you'd like them to get grabbed by the Good Shepherd, by the one who created them, the one that knows them, the one that loves them, the one that forgives them. So why don't you just kind of hold out your shepherd's candy cane kind of picture that person getting hooked. Father, we pray for that individual that we have in our minds. We pray that you would grab a hold of them this Christmas. And if you want to use us, Lord, then use us. We pray that you would hook them with your love and your mercy, with your kindness that leads us to repentance. In Jesus' name. You remember the story of the shepherds, it doesn't stop with one angel. In fact, what happens? There's a whole bunch of angels, right? I don't know how much a whole bunch. That's, the, that's not quite the technical term. I don't know whether it's a herd of angels, a multitude. Multitude. I don't think it's a herd, right? A whole host. Host, there you go. How many's in a host? 400. A lot. Do you know there's one key word in that that I want to just pay attention to? And I know we hear it a lot. And if you've seen the uh, um, Charlie Brown Christmas, they say it, right? But it's suddenly they were joined by a multitude of heavenly hosts. Suddenly. Oh, someone did it. Heard it. Suddenly. You hear it? Suddenly? We're going to do this in just a moment, okay? I want you to, want you to take it out, and on the count of three, we're, we're going we're gonna to snap our candy canes oh. suddenly. All right? <laughs> all right? This is going to be good. This is, you're going to like this, all right? On the count of three. Now, no, don't do it yet. 
Mm-hmm. So, some of you already broke it, but you could probably break it again, but you probably can't break it three times. So just, just, just hold on, okay? On the count of three, we're going to do it. Now, what I want to do, I'm going to count one, two, three, break, all right? And at that point, you're going to break your candy cane, okay? Or maybe your neighbor's candy cane. But it's going to get broken, all right? So at the count of three, now here's what I want you to pay attention to. I want you to pay attention to not the breaking of the candy cane, but the sound of the breaking, okay? Are you ready? Mm. Some of you are, are very upset with me. I'm going to make you break your candy cane, aren't you? <laughs> All right, get over it, okay? Th- th- these, were, these were a dollar for 12. <laughs> you can buy more, okay? All right, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Mm. What's your sound of suddenness? What does it sound like in your Christmas season? Do you think... God would bring a suddenly to you this Christmas? Do you think there might be something that will interrupt what you got going on and suddenly change your direction, make a sound? I pray that even in the suddenlies that we look to him. And I pray that he would bring a suddenly to you, that he would surprise you with an extra dose of his wonder, an extra dose of just how magical, interesting, amazing he is. Heavenly Father, we give you permission to surprise us this Christmas to bless us, to show us ways that we don't understand. In Jesus' name, worship. Amen. I get to taste it, and so do you, okay? Because anybody know, is there a verse in the Bible about taste? Oh, taste and see that the is. Let's try that one again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, is, is this good? Let, let's taste it and see. That's pretty good to me. What, what does that verse mean? Um, like, why not try the Lord, right? Taste and see. Like, give him a chance, Right? Just nod at me. Just make, humor me, okay? Um, taste and see that the Lord is good. So at Christmas, every time you taste something really good, or once in a while, not every time, but when you taste something really good, wouldn't it be kind of fun to think, you know, God is so good. Like, first of all, he blessed me with peppermint, and it didn't have to taste this good, Right? It's just one more example that the Lord is good. Um, I was thinking earlier today, I tasted one of these, and after I tasted it, I breathed in, and I could feel it, feel the mintiness of it. Can you feel the mintiness of it? (laughs) He's minty, all right? He sticks with you, right? He makes a difference. He freshens you up. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, all right? All kinds of stuff, and... I, I was thinking about just the whole joy of the Lord at Christmas. And, um, you know, one of the things in, in doing Advent with our kids, especially when they were little, uh, it was never a burden. It was never something we had to do or something we got to do. They got to light the candles. They got to have the birthday cake. In fact, after we came home from the um, Christmas Eve service, I mean, they're pastor's kids, right? So we had another service at our house in which they put on the service. The offering was their favorite part. They would pass the plate around. And they would read the Christmas story. And, you know, have fun with Christmas at your place. And don't miss Jesus in the journey, right? And it it can be the littlest thing or the biggest thing. Keep him alive in your conversations, in your celebrations throughout the Christmas season. And we have a handout. The last thing we're going to do tonight And on the handout, 
This is too good, right? Taste and see. On the handout is uh, suggested scripture readings for each day from now till Christmas. Just a short passage, sort of dividing up the Christmas story in the various Gospels. On the bottom part, on the front side, where the scriptures are listed, there's um, one, two, three, four websites listed. Um, has anybody here signed up for version? either Bible.com or the version app on your phone. Anybody? It's one of the best, it's the, the most used uh, Bible application. And there are 30, count them, 30 Advent reading plans, okay? So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Really easy to get onto. Um, I also like D365. I've mentioned that one several times. At Christmas, they do a special Advent. One of the things I love about it is they have a soundtrack that you can you know, choose to turn on or turn off, turn up or turn down. And it's really beautiful, a simple Christmas music that you can actually, if you're working at your computer for a while, you can leave it on and listen. On the back, uh, Pastor Shane has helped us with ways to serve others at Christmas. So Christmas isn't just all about us. And did anybody notice there's some more gifts on the giving tree out there? And if you haven't gotten one yet, you can pick one up on your way out. Or if you'd like another, uh, we're going to bring back those unwrapped gifts by this coming Sunday. Is that right? Next Sunday, 20th. The, a week from Sunday? Yes. Okay. And we can still get them out in time. And, um, and then also you'll notice on here, we're announcing tonight for the very first time. Are you ready? Thank you. We are announcing that we are going to do a special Christmas Eve offering for Operation uh, Impact Middle East. We just learned yesterday, Pastor Shane and I were at a pastor's gathering for our conference. And if you remember about a month ago, Dale Woods was here and he's doing ministry in the Middle East. And, um, you know, we're hearing all about Syria and Jordan and Nobody knows quite what to make or what to do. And so he's saying, okay, in that part of the world, I can't name the country. Um, we're not supposed to print the name anywhere. But there are Sudanese, I can't say that, refugees, a thousand of them in a refugee camp. And the head of the camp has a Muslim background. And he read about Jesus. And he contacted the free Methodist leader there. And he said, I've been reading about Jesus in the Quran. And I want to know more about him. So the leader of the free Methodist church in that area has been meeting with him one-on-one -on -one and telling him about Jesus. And recently, he gave his life to Christ. And so he leads a mosque with a thousand worshipers. And he has told those thousand people that they are all becoming Christians. That, that uh, there's no question about it. They are becoming Christians. And he's just going to lead them in how to do that. Now, they provide food and clothing and shelter for those. I believe there's over a 1,000 people in this camp. And it's all just come out, come out of the woodwork in the last week. They don't have any money to fund it, okay? So we are going to take a special offering Christmas Eve or between now and then. Uh, impact Middle East. And we're going to be part of a miracle. I can't believe it. We're going to be part of a miracle. Yes. All right. So take your your uh, page home with you, your, your uh, flyer, read the scriptures, do the things on the back, and bring your special offering. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed. Andrew, you want to sing us out? Absolutely. Let's sing together.
with us all and give us a Christ-filled Christmas. Amen. Good night.